Murray is Famous First Times. It's that sex podcast about famous people shagging. I'm here with Ian. Alright. And I'm Dom. And uh, what are we doing here? I can't remember <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> right. we just, have you got stories? So, is this all right? It's episode 9 and you're, you're still not. You're it's still episode not 9, isn't it? Yeah. And you, know what, you don't know what we're doing? I just I keep blanking. I know it's sex stories. But how does it work? Tell us. Right. I find mad celebrity sex stories from their autobiographies, bring them round to you, Yeah. you read them out, Yeah. and we just do a a shallow dive into it. We work it out. Fine, yeah, yeah. That does sound all right. We're we're big in France, Dom. Oh, are we? 70% of our listeners lately have come from France. So I think we should say a little thank you to... Merci, merci. Merci beaucoup. Um, but where are you finding it? Why do you like it? What are you getting from it? Do you know who Ricky Tomlinson is? What's going on? Do you know what we're saying half the time? We like we say a lot of slang, like anging, rank, minging. Do you get it? Anyway, if, if you're French, email in. We'd like to hear from you. Who have we got in this episode? Punk icon. Punk icon. Punk icon. Good. Let's fucking just jump into it. Let's do it. <laughs> So, what punk icon have you got for me, Ian? Take a guess. Um, who who do you think is the most punk punk there is? Dexter Holland. Who's that? The from the punk band, The Offspring. F- fucking Offspring. No, no, it's absolutely not. They're not punk. They're pop punk. Oh right. Nineties pop punk. This is punk. This is proper punk. Seventies punk. Right. Okay. Gigi Allen. <laughs> How did he lose it? Fuck no, man. No, it's not Dexter Allen from The Offspring, and it's not Gigi Allen. It is it's Johnny Rotten. John Lydon. That's what he calls himself now, isn't it? He calls himself John Lydon. But yeah. I'm not having that. It's Johnny Rotten. It's like Sting <laughs> again, making up his own name, even though it's his original name. <laughs> no, it's Johnny, Johnny okay, Rotten. Call him Johnny Rotten. I mean, it's a fucking daft name, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Johnny Rotten. It sounds like a Beano character. <laughs> yeah. If the Beano invented punk, the Sex Pistols would be. Yeah. Snot rags. Dennis the Menace and the Snot Rags. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's what the Sex Pistols sounds like to me. Oh, really? They're just a fucking daft band, aren't they? They're just a bit basic. But Johnny Rotten is the most famous of the punks. So he's, he is, he's done he is right? really famous. That's yeah. true. Um, and he's a, quite a character, isn't he? He's a fucking arsehole. Yeah, like he's just an arsehole, isn't he? So, uh, let's see. Well, first off, how do you reckon he lost his virginity? I think he was having a wank, right? right. And his mum comes in and she's like, Oi, Johnny, stop that, that's naughty. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to stop it. And you better... Get over here and join in and whack me off. She's like, no, Johnny, I'm not doing that. And he was like, yes, yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'll tell Dad that you're doing it with the milkman. And then she ended up doing it. Well, that's not true. <laughs> that's not what happened. I'll give you, really? a clue. <laughs> give you a clue. He once described sex as two minutes of squelching noises. I've not heard that quote. It sounds like the music of the Sex Pistols. Okay, so these stories are a mixture of two books, because Johnny Rotten's written two books. Uh, the first one is No Irish, No Blacks, No Dogs, and that was published in 1994. What? Why are you laughing? <laughs> Just ironic with his 
stance on immigrants now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the second book is Anger is an Energy, My Life Uncensored from 2014. All right, this is when he first started college and he first started to notice girls. Hackney and Stoke Newington College was full of girls. Problem girls. Yummy. I was an arsehole and I'd fall in love with anything that walked past me. Very romantic. An absolute penchant for romance, imagining all kinds of situations and of course I'll ruin the second I opened my mouth. After many judges, here came another nightmare and a half around the corner, adolescence. A lot of kids go into that with some form of artillery. All my defences were down and beaten to a pulp. So everything became doubly antagonising to me. An awful lot to consider, and consider it I did, because I tell you, I had such a fixation on girls' summer dresses. I would turn into such an oogly voyeur. <laughs> In them days, I don't think they called it voyeur. They were far harsher terms. But I wasn't aware that I was staring so intently. I'd become completely enveloped in the beauty of that visual. Schoolgirls in summer dresses. Fantastic. <laughs> so, I became Chinese there for a while. John Wan King. <laughs> I didn't get up to much else. There were, <laughs> there were girls around the flats and you do things behind the bicycle sheds that you look back on now and you go, oh, I didn't want to remember it. I hope they don't in terms of specific crushes absolutely any girl would do. I was like a completely parasitic leech. I'd hack on and follow them around and drive them crazy. There were several. Their names I can't remember now. There was a girl who lived above us. She went to a convent school in Highgate and she just thrilled me. She came over in that uniform, just wow, you look back at it, and she was just a bespectacled spotted tomboy of a girl with knobbly knees. But good enough for me. <laughs> but apparently I'm not good enough for her, so there, rejection is such a terrible thing, isn't it? But it's just the making of the man. You need to be told to sod off every now and then. It's useful. But I've never been what you call Fanny Hunter number one. I'm just not much good at it. I tend to form deep relationships, me. Flippancy doesn't really work with me. And it takes a lot for me to open up to anybody. Anyway, I have to really trust them. What do you reckon of that? That's Johnny, isn't it? Johnny Wan King. That's bad, isn't it? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's a shit pun. But you can he tell he's really right. proud of that one. Yeah, he's writing it and he thinks he's fucking ace. He thinks he's, he's pushing the boundaries of political correctness because he doesn't give a shit. He's just being a dick. He's being a shit dick. <laughs> just making doing shit it. jokes. He's, like, he's, like, he's such a bitter man, isn't he? What's this? It's so, some girl that he really fancied and he was really into her. And he's just saying, well, she's just a bespectacled, spotty tomboy of a girl with knobbly knees. Why Why is he being such an ass? Why is he bitter after all these yeah, years? Because when he got famous, he could shag anyone hired his standards now so he can look back and sneer at all the girls that liked him when he was 
couldn't use his fame to get his underwear. Just a perv, perving on summer dresses. Yeah. <laughs> that line. But I wasn't aware that I was stirring so intently. And with his eyes, he's fucking. Yeah. Horrible eyes. That, that's a hor- that's a nasty image. That. Yeah, because he he stares intently all the time. Anyway, doesn't he? <laughs> Just anyway, yeah. So when he's actually leering, must be must be quite a sight. Ugh. So yeah, so he's not funny onto number one. No, he needs deep, meaningful relationships. You wouldn't have expected that from Johnny Ryan, would you? I can't imagine him having a deep and meaningful conversation with a girl and not just saying the most obnoxious thing that comes in his head. Yeah. But that to him, if he's speaking his brains, that'll be him, you know, having a meaningful conversation, if it, even if it's just him blaring shitty opinions at someone <laughs> yeah. and then tolerating it, just lay in bed and he's going, you know what I fucking hate? I fucking hate eggs on toast. I fucking hate it. It's fucking horrible. And the girls are so like, oh, God, fucking hell. I can't stand it. I'm fucking yolk all over the fucking place. Fuck that. Yes, Johnny, yes, yes. And then he's just going, oh, it's really, really nice conversation I've had there. You know what? Right, so check this out. He's married now to a woman called Nora. She's 15 years older than him, and she's the mother of Ari Up from The Slits. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. And they got together in, like, I think it was 1977. And he was just a real dick to her when he first met her. He said he really fancied her, but he was a real dick. In this book, she says this here. She goes, uh, after that horrible incident, so she met him, he was a dick to her. After that horrible incident, I was at a gig with someone else, and John passed by my table and said, drop dead. <laughs> that's his way of flirting with it. Drop dead. He's <laughs> walking by. Treat her mate, Kate from Cade. It's just like a 12 year old trying to chat someone up, isn't it? It's fucking awful, isn't it? <laughs> Drop dead. Ooh, you are a really charming man. <laughs> she was quite posh. She was a, a publishing heiress. So, how did he get. How did he end up with her? Okay, so next story is when he got a bit of fame. Started getting a bit of interest from the girls. I once dismissed sex back then as two minutes of squelching noises. I was telling it like it felt. It was a honest statement. (laughs) (laughs) Or was it two minutes and 50 seconds? Yes, maybe it went up with inflation. Well, sometimes it did. (laughs) <laughs> what a fucking <laughs> rambling on he thinks he's telling a shit hot joke don't he he's just bollocks he should have done stand up <laughs> that was the roundabout best of figure the average norm <laughs> still going on about it. <laughs> let it go Johnny it wasn't that funny but there wasn't any depth in it and therefore ultimately no interest it's the same thing as, I can't be a drug addict because the repetition of it would bore me to death. I'd die of boredom before I died of drugs. <laughs> as a so-called king of punk, I was almost getting too much sexual attention suddenly. Me being me, the reflex was, is it me you're looking for, or is it the pop star side of it? <laughs> At which point... <laughs> Just thought that in. <laughs> At which point I withdrew because I don't like the feeling that I've been treated as a commodity. I saw the change as a pistol started to happen from, eat that ugly thing in the corner, to, oh, hello, gorgeous. It basically a heartbeat. But listen, the humour of it wasn't lost on me. 
<laughs> oh, he's a pain in the ass, isn't he? He's a fucking <laughs> pain, yeah. And I read, I read two of these fucking books to get no. this. And he's like it all the way through. Jeez. At least he wasn't quite as a right-wing reactionary in 1994. No, just annoying. Yeah, just an irritating bastard. So, yeah, it does seem that he doesn't like being held up as a sex symbol. He wants to be desired for his fucking grotty, horrible person that he is. <laughs> yeah. And not for all his money and his fame. But I bet he still took advantage of it, didn't he? Mm. Brings me brings me to a, a, a quite a good little story. Another member of the Slits, Viv Albertine. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, so she wrote a book a couple of years ago. She's great. Talks about giving Johnny Rotten a blowjob at yeah. one point. This is, what she, <laughs> this is what she said. He gets his willy out. He smells of stale piss. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. We all do. I like it. It's familiar. <laughs> How minging's that, man? I'm so fucking glad I wasn't around in the 70s because I would have got into that punk scene. Just imagine <laughs> being able to watch like all those original bands in the prime. I would have definitely got into it. It was either that or like disco. I think I'd have been into disco. Yeah, you would have had it a lot better because <laughs> I would have just accepted that everyone has to stink of fucking smeg. <laughs> all she, the time. Talks, she talks about smegma in that book as well. Uh, See, <laughs> so they're just rolling around in smegma, yeah. coated in it. Well, I'm wearing a nice suit, fucking dancing, all smelling like smelling of Aramis. Yeah, but you have to listen to fucking Sheik. Yeah, and that's <laughs> way better than fucking The Damned, rat scabies and shit. You, you, you enjoy your rat scabies gigs when I'm having a nice dance. Yeah, I would have made the wrong life choices. <laughs> so yeah, everyone smelled to piss back in the back in the punk era. Yeah. Okay. So this is a story about how fame affected his sex life back then. All these punk girls started turning up at our gigs. It was like learning how to have sex properly. Rather than having someone know all the right moves, it was clumsy and deeply confusing. Always in toilets and quick and messy. There would have been stains left all over the place, but that was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I know... It's far more calculated in the world of rock and roll. <laughs> but we were young kids guessing as to what to do next, enjoying it for their amateurishness. <laughs> the girls were new to this, not old-timers who ran through the scene before. They didn't come around with an attitude for their past. Not a repeat of history. I went... <laughs> fucking dick. <laughs> I went through the cheap sex period. We really did attract a definite kind of harlot. They were new, and that's what was so exciting. Nothing like that had ever happened to me before. When we started, the old-style groupie couldn't take us at all. Hence, there was a whole new breed of groupie that came along. That was interesting to me. Fascinating. I like that very much. <laughs> but then it got boring because it got as predictable as the old ways. Fucking hell, give it a rest, man. He's, rest, got, he's, he's bored by everything, isn't he? He's got to be the first one to be bored by stuff. Oh, new kind of shagging, bored. <laughs> Instantly bored. <laughs> yeah. Because he's responsible for, for this new sex that no one's ever had before. <laughs> yeah, this pissy, smelly yeah. sex. <laughs> I invented horrible, dirty sex that was 
just quick. <laughs> no one had ever done quick sex before in a fucking horrible place. In toilets, stains everywhere, smell the piss, yeah, and quick. Really proud of himself. But then it got boring. <laughs> boring. So I invented really long sex. <laughs> Clean sex. Then I got bored of that. I know it's far more calculated in the world of rock and roll, in quote marks. Oh, yeah. yeah everything he says is in fucking quote marks. Yeah, because Led Zeppelin were having really boring sex, weren't they? Really calculated sex. <laughs> but we were young kids guessing us what to do. In Led Zeppelin, like in the 20s, early 20s, when they were doing all that they shit. Were just, they, were, they were having the same sex, just like he hadn't washed for a couple <laughs> of days longer. Yeah. <laughs> people putting up with his stench a bit more and calling people a dickhead <laughs> while he's doing it. Do you know what I, t- I tell you about that blowjob that Viv Albertine gave him yeah. before? He- he's such an horrible bastard. He actually stopped her while she was doing it and he goes, stop it, Viv, you're trying too hard. He's such a cunt, isn't he? He's yeah. such a fucking horrible bastard. Yeah, anyway, enough of all this all this one-night stands and stuff. Mm-hmm. He, he talks about being sick of one-night stands and meeting his wife. It's quite revealing, this one. It's not really disgusting or anything, it's just revealing about This him. is his epiphany where he gets woke. Yeah, possibly. I've got to be honest, before we met, both of us played the field, but we found the field to be full of moos. <laughs> <laughs> and those moos... T- <laughs> Turned out to be nothing more than muses. And <laughs> oh, fuck me. Someone put him down. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Look it> hell. <laughs> and that's nothing to base a solid lifestyle on. It's too vacuous. I don't personally get the rewards of one night stands at all. Just don't get it, never did. I always left those situations feeling empty inside and rolling over and going, oh my God, do you really look like that? And knowing that's exactly what they felt too. I'd gone through the one-nighters period, but there was a point where it became a futile, boring, (laughs) repetitive procedure. I didn't know it at the time, But what I was really looking for was a proper relationship, and that was slowly forming with Nora. There were girls leading up to that, longer than a week, shall we say, but something really good happened and clicked with Nora, very seriously. We learned to really know each other, and that's the best that any human being can ever look for. And I think the right person who truly accepts you for what you are, what's and all, and doesn't make you feel ashamed of yourself for any reason at all. So self-doubt is gone, and that's what the right partner teaches you. (laughs) It humanises him a bit. I mean... I prefer but him like prefer, this. No, I prefer him being a twat. I don't like oh. him on his fucking soapbox trying to tell me he knows all about the fucking... How to be in love. Have, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. he's, he's ranting, in here. This is the only way to he's be in love. More, he's, he's turned into a self-righteous prick, hasn't he? But, I mean, it's, it's kind of nice that he's with someone who... <laughs> what, what does she see in him? What is she getting from this? I don't know, was, someone for everyone, isn't there? Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> well, check this, right? So she's... She had an house, a nice fancy house, and she used to have big parties, and all the punks used to go to this party. 
<laughs> this is what she said. She goes, we had terrible scenes there. A neighbour complained about noise because John was banging up and down on the piano with his bum for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of shit they got up to. I don't know who this Nora is, but she can do better than that. I know. Harry Hope's got a lot to answer for then. Mm, yeah. Because her mum's ended up with that fucking scumbag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and saying saying he never gets a reward, he don't understand the rewards of one-night stands, well, he's not going to do if he's just doing it really badly in fucking stinky places with people that he doesn't like. In bogs. For two just, minutes. Yeah. Yeah, he's going. He into can have it. a good one night stand. You don't have to do it in a in a bog. Yeah, <laughs> it's one extreme or the other with him. I tell you what, he loves that line about the fucking field full of moos, doesn't he? <laughs> Labours that. I don't. I don't even know what that is. is. That a joke? It's barely a fucking joke. He's thought. Of the, he's got the word muses in his head. Thought, hey, moos, <laughs> moos, muse. Oh, fuck me. Let's do another story. All right. He got arrested in Ireland in 1980. What was it? He attacked a policeman's fist with his head. That's what he claims. He had a fight with the police, got arrested, and this is what happened. My case was adjourned until Monday, and I was taken to Mountjoy, a notorious prison filled with IRA and UDA terrorists and all sorts of psychopaths. On my arrival, the warders decided to make an example of me. They stripped me, threw me in the yard and hosed me down. But, you know, you could strip me, cover me in flea powder and laugh at the size of my penis. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> Over the years, I've noticed that when these institutions get a hold of you, the one thing that they're trying to embarrass you about is your nakedness and your penis. Let me tell you, Johnny's got a perfect penis to laugh at, and he don't care. And that's not ever going to be a problem. <laughs> what the fuck? He's what? really proud of his crappy little deformed knob. What's he saying here? Institutions, the one thing they're trying to embarrass you about is your nakedness and your penis. All institutions, not just prisons? Like <laughs> school? Hospitals? <laughs> <laughs> Solicitors? <laughs> I don't know what he's on about though. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck he's on he's... about. But glad to know he got the piss took out of him. So how long was he in prison for? Oh, he got out. He, he was looking at like years, but he got lucky with a, a lawyer and managed to get out after something like fifteen weeks. So he wasn't in long. Fifteen weeks, so that's a few months. He was banned from playing live in Ireland until well, I think it's about twenty twenty eight years later. The poor play. Irish. Right. Next story. And this is is pretty fucking grim. So his mum died when he was younger. So he's just his dad and he's got a few brothers. Yeah. Like no sisters. So he's just his dad looking after them all. Go for it. I don't think my old man liked any of my girlfriends at all. If I bring them to the house, he'd say, that one's on drugs, I'm telling you. That one looks like she's got fleet, probably has. But he loved Nora the first time she walked in. It was so funny when he said, God, she's more my kind of woman. What are you doing with a good woman like that? Leave her here. Nora was saying, Mr Lydon, get your hands off me. I suppose our age difference, Nora being older, meant something to him, but not to any great offence. 
he was just trying to think of himself as younger. My mum was gone by then, so he was just lonely. After the Sex Pistols, there were many punk girls who went through his bedroom. One was affiliated with Bananas. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what that means. A lot of the punk girls at the time were intrigued. What's Rotten's father like? Is he anything like him? Some probably went from me to him. I didn't bother to think about it too much at the time. I just thought it was good that he was having fun. That's grim, isn't it? That's, yeah. Uh, that's Kiedis, isn't it? The opposite. Lydon's lining up all the girls for his dad instead of, uh, instead of like, Kiedis lining them all yeah. for his son. Yeah. Imagine taking girls home and then shagging you and then going off to your dad. Oh, fucking hell. Nasty. Hanging. That's the most heartfelt he's ever been, isn't it? That's the most yeah. sentimental and nice he's been, and it's on about women shagging his dad <laughs> after they've shagged him. Wow. Yeah. It's like really disgusting, though. But it does make you think, because, like, how many, like, famous dads have have used the famous sons to get laid? And I, I bet, loads. I know, yeah. yeah. It made me think, because I've never heard of that before, anyone saying it, but mm. then you read that, it's like, well, it makes kind of sense. And especially seeing as, like... Like, Harry Up's mum was getting involved in the scene. It's like punk kids just brought the mums and dads into it. Come on, come along for the ride. You think that punk was like a reaction against your parents, but they're all like, all the parents are just embracing it and going, oh, fuck it, I'll get in on this. All right, I want to do one final story. This is pretty good, it sums him up. And it's about him meeting David Bowie. Oh, that must be like his hero. You'd think, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, he's like... Invented the like dressing up in rock and roll and all the stuff that punk was really based on. Most punk icons was obsessed with Bowie. Hated him. Fucking right. hated him because it's Johnny <laughs> Rotten. He hates everyone. David Bowie mentions the Sex Pistols in a lyric on his Tin Machine album. Well, how strange for him. This is the man who had me thrown out backstage. I was at an Iggy Pop gig at Camden Palace in London and I went backstage to say hello because I'd met Iggy a year before. Mr Bowie wanted me removed, thrown out in fact. He wasn't touring with Iggy, he was just backstage. He would have been like producing his record or something, wouldn't he? Yeah, he must have been late 70s, doesn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. he was like working together, he wasn't just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was odd. It was Iggy's gig, and Mr Bowie got his personal bouncers to have me removed. I've had an utter loathing for Bowie since then. What a pompous prat. A couple of years later, Pill were playing a nice nightclub in Switzerland. In trots Mr Bowie. He made his way backstage. It's two minutes before we go on. Hi, I'm David Bowie, and this is my son. He'd like to meet you. I don't know anyone who could deal with that shit. Two minutes before going on, we were just going up the stairs, and I had to cope with this. I wasn't rude to his son. His son had never done me any harm. But to him, blank. <laughs> now, if this was your gig, and I came back, would you have me thrown out? I walked away and left it at that. And I'll bet he would have again and again. Just a prick, just say hello and fuck off. Yeah, and he's called, you know, he was calling him Mr. Bowie. 
Mr. Bowie all through it. Not, not calling him like David Bowie. It's calling him Mr. Bowie. Just some weird like, power him, play. Yeah. Snidey power play. Making him the, the old guard. Like, the two stuck up because they're not spitting in each other's faces. Yeah. And he's with his son as well. His son wouldn't have been that old then. Yeah. Well, he what? said he wasn't rude to his son, but he still like told off his dad in front of him, trying to show up David Bowie. <sighs> Apparently Sid Vicious was a big fan of Bowie, but uh, Johnny wasn't. I've got I the bet book. he was. Yeah, I bet he was into David Bowie. What was he listening to when he was growing up? He had long hair and he was... He would have been obsessed with David Bowie. He's just pretending that he hates him now because being hateful is his M.O. Yeah. Right, bullshit. How much bullshit do you think Johnny Rotten is talking? I don't think he's lying about any of this. Mm. I think he I think he lived exactly how he wanted to and he was as filthy and as horrible as he could possibly be so we'd have these stories. Yeah, because he wants to be seen as the opposite of everything. Everyone else we've looked at are bragging, like showing off. And he's he's gone the other way. He just wants to be seen as anti-sex. You don't have to try that hard to be like that. I think I think it's true. Yeah. I think it's all true. Woke or cancelled? Woke or cancelled. Right. <laughs> Should I put the song on again? No. We had complaints about it. We're not doing it anymore. Okay. Um, let's fucking cancel him. Yeah, not because he's out of order or... Well, he is a fucking racist and a sexist, but even if he wasn't, he's someone who deserves to be wiped off the face of the planet. <laughs> <laughs> or at least off the face of the media. So, yeah, let's just cancel him. Just let, let's get rid of him. Yeah. Telling people to drop dead just for fun of it, it's just like... Just grow up. So, Johnny Rotten, drop, drop dead! dead. <laughs> Episode nine done. Well, are you, are you fucking <laughs> <laughs> wake up, man. <laughs> no, I was thinking of stuff, sir. I'm not ready. And also, um, if you've got any stories about celebrities having sex, if you know any or you've heard any or anything, just um, let us know. Or if you're a celebrity and you want to, you want to tell us yours. There's never going to be a celebrity who wants to get on. I this. reckon there will, man. I reckon there will. <laughs> If you want to ring us, 07896 493664, leave a message. Have we been getting a lot of messages on that number? Don't know, I've not checked it. You've not checked the number? Phone ran out, battery ran out. Check it tonight. If there's if there's any messages, um, we'll either play them or acknowledge them the next, uh, next time we record. <laughs> <laughs> or you can email in fft at giveover.co.uk. Again, just do you, want to, do you want to tell us anything? But more importantly, just fucking subscribe to the podcast and, and like us on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a nice five star, or one star, just just click the stars underneath the. All right, thank you very much. Okay, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, give over. <laughs> one more word. Bye.